Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. Today is the fourth quarter 2019 small cap value recap. In the fourth quarter of 2019, the small cap value strategy returned 3.99% gross and 3.74% net, as compared against the Russell 2000 value at 8.49%. That brings the year-to-date total for 2019 for small cap value gross to 25.95%, net 24.64%, and that again is against the Russell 2000 value, which returned 22.39%. And today our guest is Portfolio Manager Stephen Davis, and with that I will turn things over to Stephen. Welcome. Great. Thanks for having me today, Dan. Um, Just to recap what we talked about last time, um, we were nearing all-time highs in the S&P 500 with valuations elevated in a mixed bag of leading indicators. China continued to slow uh, on purpose. Trade tariff issues were still center stage. We were seeing a few cracks in the U.S. funding system. Twitter was starting to heat up with political debate, which we're going to unfortunately have to endure for the next 10 months. The tone from the Fed and global central banks was one of kind of doing anything they they could to maintain or continue this economic expansion. Um, Where are we today? Um, We're now setting all-time highs in the S&P 500 with valuations elevated. A lot of hope this year at 2020 for U.S. earnings to reaccelerate in the back half. Global cycles and economies are are still depressed and a sense of a push for global normalization. And what I mean by that is these divergences in rates across the globe, growth, inflation, et cetera, that may have been artificially created or, or supported somewhat, the divergences are starting to converge, and it seems the negative rate countries moving back towards towards zero and the U.S. might be moving down towards zero. Um, these these negative yielding rate countries, they may come all the way back to where we are in the U.S. You know, this bears watching as we are thinking about portfolio construction, um, given, you know, rates can't rise materially in international economies unless things start to get a lot better. Higher rates will just uh, break things globally. We are not extrapolating moves in economic data or volatile price action either way. We've got stable below trend growth with continued deceleration um, at the end of the day. We're still at a crossroads from where we either decelerate or accelerate from here, and we'll be watching the credit, liquidity, growth, inflation data, as, as well as you know, more fundamental data over the next you know, one to three months to get a better sense of whether we're recovering or if it's just a head fake. Um, you know, the million dollar question is kind of what we talked about, which is, um, you know, is the U.S. the last to fall with the rest of the world or, or is there some kind of massive global catch up to the U.S. and, you know, can we really uh, kick this uh, can down the road for, for years to come? Thinking about kind of what happened in the market uh, and, and where we are from a setup perspective, we're still late cycle where most of the areas of the economy, the U.S. economy, have fully recovered and then some from previous peaks. S&P 500 earnings estimates have troughed, at least in the near term, with uh, estimated strong double-digit EPS growth for 2020. We're starting to see more liquidity and credit cracks in, in various places, and that's through you know the Fed repo facilities, um, where they're not calling it QE, of, of course. Newly issued uh, credit continues at lower and lower ratings. Defaults are starting to pick up. But at the same time, we have, uh, you know, fiscal stimulus or, or other measures such as, you know, huge um, moves of capital from kind of zero or negative earning pools to equity markets. So 
we're, we're still a later cycle, um, but various stimulus measures could continue to keep assets, um, you know, paper assets working. In the near term, we think economic activity will continue to slow, which will further pressure margins and, and ultimately earnings growth. Valuations have risen materially and markets likely remain volatile until the current slowdown has bottomed and, and we really have a clear signal of, of what's coming next. Long-term uh, inflation expectations remain muted even as wage growth accelerated. Um, but thinking about wage growth and all the commentary on wage growth right now, you know, employees are working less, so the net take-home um, is actually below reported figures. So we have to keep that in mind. The 10-year yield reversed course in the quarter. It rose 24 basis points after falling, I don't know, 30 basis points or so and, and troughing in, in Q319, uh, at least in the near term. The performance of fixed income proxies took a pause in the quarter, and that's REITs and utilities. Um, but surprisingly, risk on uh, fixed income, kind of high yield, and, and the U.S. ag posted positive returns as, as spreads came in a bit. Investors may simply be taking profits here, or uh, they could be using that as, as source of funds for, for riskier assets and a potential better setup going forward. Q4 was a continuation of the sharp rebound in equity markets uh, that started in August, especially the beaten up names and smaller market cap names, which, you know, mostly these were one and the same. S&P 500 returned around 9% with other equity indices around that level. Microcaps returned about 13.5%. Companies on the margin met estimates and kind of gave investors a reason to close big valuation gaps. Uh, you know, the dollar was up 3%. Commodities staged a rally after a, a, a huge, uh, sorry, dollar was down 3%. Commodities staged a rally after huge diversions from financial, financial assets um, with commodities rising about 8% um, on a basket. Crude oil returned uh, a little more than 8%. Gold was, was even up 4%. So there's an element of flight to safety, um, you know, as the dollar kind of rolled over here. Uh, but the dollar has already started to, to stabilize in, in Q1 of, of 20. So it looks like liquidity is becoming easier to find on the margin. Um, starting to see a, a few more canaries in the coal mine fundamentally, even as equity markets continue their, their upward march. Uh, systemic stress pressures and, and measures aren't yet confirming all of this. The Treasury euro dollar spread continues to be tame. You know, overnight repo f funding pressures at the Fed seem to be manageable for the time being. Um, you know, the yield curve, the, the, the 2 to 10 spread back to positive territories, credit spreads narrowing again, the, the VIX is depressed. You know, you put all this together and we're trending cautiously at this point and we're watching the data, but um, it looks like, uh, you know, no immediate cracks in the, uh, in the systemic market system. The Fed will start to remove um, the temporary repo measures in June, and, and coincidentally, that's when you know the Fed balance sheet will the Fed balance sheet will stop growing. Um, you know, so markets could could easely be spooked in, in late one one Q or two Q. The other side of that, um, the other side of the coin is again still full employment and uh, an excess liquidity floating around the U.S. to buy any dips, and, and central banks determined to kick the can down the road. Uh, especially in an election year in the United States. We're still seeing strategic M&A, not so much private equity um, deployments yet, although we know of a lot, a lot of uh, private equity dollars sitting on the sideline right now. Um, IPO was a four-letter word three months ago. 
now there's hope and optimism and a ton of uh, you know money on the sidelines waiting to be deployed. This for sure would be kind of a, a leading indicator uh, if if the so-called smart money decided to uh, start deploying in, in in big ways and keeping assets um, and asset prices elevated. For the quarter, in terms of performance, well, the quarter for our philosophy, kind of everything went wrong on a relative basis. The quarter was similar to the junk rally back in Q2 2018, but more severe, a more severe uh, move upward. Junky companies and money losers were up on average um, 50 to 60 percent, and uh, you know, with some names up, uh, you know, 200 percent in the quarter. Uh, some of these names uh, in the specialty retail space, um, these kind of zombie companies, these, these specialty retailers were, were pu- pulled up uh, in the quarter as well. A lot of these money losers also happen to be micro caps. And when a big flow of liquidity enters the market, you know, our, our portfolio and process just won't keep up given the higher quality nature of our holdings. Uh, you know, don't get me wrong. We, we had a couple of um, you know, sh- shot ourselves in the foot a little bit uh, in terms of our holdings. But it seems like all of our losers the entire year, which was very positive on a relative basis, hit us in, in 4Q. And some of our biggest positions just simply corrected 10 to 20 percent. Um, you know, investors had an excuse to sell winners year to date and, and, and buy losers back in back in uh, October, November. Uh, for the full year 2019, it's it's pretty scary how close the equity indices return were in the United States you know, micro to, to small to large to value to growth. I mean, it seems like they were all within three percentage points of, of you know, 30% or so uh, on the positive territory, which signals more of an artificial um, return versus, you know, kind of buying fundamentals across um, different asset classes uh, or, or uh, sectors of the equity market. The underperformance um, was in every sector in the in the fourth quarter, except communication services, and I'm I'm kind of not in, not including REITs here where we were underweight. Again, it, it didn't matter what we owned in the portfolio that that went up. The bad stuff that we didn't own went up a lot more, um, and the magnitude of the underperformance in each sector was determined by kind of our own names um, that that hurt us a little bit. So we're not extrapolating this move in the fourth quarter um, or the asset price moves in the fourth quarter as showing us anything looking forward. Um, the, the top contributors uh, for the quarter in our, our portfolio were local broadcasters, some of our cheaper technology names, and industrials and material names. The common link around all these outperformers is that they have pricing power. We're still very interested in asset light service models um, like secular growers and recurring services businesses, you know, whether that's in the government defense space or cybersecurity space or you know, focus on, again, semiconductor's role in the in the digital economy. We spent a lot of time in the quarter concentrating the portfolio into uh, better ideas. I think we ended the quarter around 65 names. That's likely heading lower. We're starting to find quality names at good prices that, that may have sold off after uh, the third quarter earnings reports. Many for the same reasons as our underperformers. They've worked and people have sold them off hard and they're taking profits and, uh, excuse me, taking profits. We're balancing the high-quality compounders with SETI growers, but still skewing the portfolio towards good industries, good companies with pricing power and leading positions. Uh, if we reaccelerate from here, our higher-quality cyclicals will keep up, maybe not like some, some higher beta early cycle names, but we're still significantly underweight fixed-income proxies, fixed proxies 
um, that will help us outperform. If we continue this glide path of kind of slowing from here but growing, you know, our companies with pricing power uh, and, and better assets will also help us or, or should help us to outperform. And if we severely slow down, we we have a playbook in order for some changes we make to to get some more defensive assets. And you know, the nice thing is this time around uh, versus maybe previous cycles, we already hold all of the assets um, that we could significantly increase in the in the case of a downturn. So kind of like where we are positioned today, you know, about 1% cash in the portfolio, cash is king. Uh, uh, we've, we've redeployed this in a, uh, in a nice way from the third quarter. So feeling good about what we own. We want to have a lot of optionality heading into the fourth quarter reporting season and prefer to be offensive in deploying the capital in, in good opportunities. So with that, Dan, I'll, I'll turn it back to you. Terrific. Well, thank you very much, Stephen, and congratulations on another uh, strong 2019 to add to the resume, and we look forward to uh, what's to come here in 2020. The views, information, and or opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Von Nelson and its employees. Von Nelson does not verify and assumes no responsibility for the accuracy of any of the information contained in the podcast. The primary purpose of the information, opinions, and thoughts presented in this podcast is to educate and inform. This podcast, or any podcast in the series, does not constitute professional investment advice or services, and any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk. Past performance is not an indication of future performance. By accessing this podcast, you acknowledge that the entire contents of this podcast are the property of Von Nelson and, or used by Von Nelson with permission and are protected under U.S. copyright and trademark laws.